Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in, everybody. It's Sports Talk on a Monday, and we are kicking off just a full afternoon and evening of sports for you. Yes, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Not only are we in the final stretch of the regular football season for college football, but today it is opening day for basketball. Illinois will tip off against EIU just under eight hours, just under four hours from now at eight o'clock. I meant to say, I know. Although I guess we will, we will probably be here in an eight hours, so that doesn't make much of a difference. There's a decent chance. Yeah, here's how this is going to go. Hour number one here of the program in studio. Hour number two, join the sports writers from the News Gazette at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. Maybe do a little pregame there before you make your way to the State Farm Center. Then we'll be there at the State Farm Center at 6 o'clock to formally kick off our pregame coverage with the Ryan Dallas Real Estate Pregame Show. Brian and Dion have the call at 8 p.m. to start the 2022-23 season. Illinois and the Panthers. Afterwards, we're all together here again for the Fasteners, etc. postgame show. Our guy Mike LaTulip will join us on pregame and be here for postgame coverage as well. And and really, we saw the exhibition game for Illinois against Quincy and got, got a little peek into what things are going to be with uh, a more full-court press defense and what the starting lineup and rotations might be. But, again, that was exhibition. Really, it feels like here's your first look with a lot of questions about this Illinois team Ranked top, uh, ranked 23rd coming into the season. This one counts no matter what. Win, win or, or lose, it will go on their record. And there there are a, a lot of questions with this basketball team. But we're very excited. Like you said, ranked 23rd. And I think just looking at the talent, you would think that they're a, a top 25 kind of a team. And, and get national TV for the first game. I was surprised. I thought I was going to have to subscribe to something for a month. But uh, not the case. So we'll, we'll watch them on the U tonight. And we'll, we'll see. See how close to what the exhibition game was, uh, how close that is to, to what we see tonight. Remind me, remind me, I read a, I'm going to call it a strange take okay. about Illinois from a, progno- a national prognosticator. I know it's not hard to find strange takes sometimes, but just the, the logic didn't flow. I want to bring that up later, but I don't want to miss a whole bunch of other stuff uh, to to get to here from this full weekend we experienced. Of course, Illinois football suffered their first loss after a six-game winning streak in that game against Michigan State. You've got the Astros winning the World Series. Um, 
a Chicago Bears fan base is about as giddy as you can get after a loss because of what <laughs> Justin Fields did. Uh, all the college football playoff shakeup and what have you. And then, of course, back to just what's in front of us, kicking off college basketball this week. Illinois women get going on Wednesday. Uh, the men play again on Friday night. And we've got more football on Saturday. Reminder, Illinois is still in first place in the Big Ten West mm-hmm. and still is it a cliche in control of their own destiny no which it's is an oxymoron but yeah you can't be in control of destiny <laughs> but <laughs> maybe it's a little both right <laughs> that, that, that is true but no i mean there there's no shortage of things going on mlb free agency will kick off thursday i got that text saturday night after the astros and phillies wrapped up it, it is officially the off season the second best season there is uh behind the regular baseball season so we we will have no shortage of things to to discuss here yeah let's get to some audio from uh, football shall we illinois Brett Bielma, head coach, just talked about how the team is handling the loss after the six-game winning streak. It really hurt them on Saturday to uh, to walk off the field the way they did. Um, I knew that yesterday uh, coming in was uh, the first half. Like I said, like so, we always whether we win or lose, we set up our Sundays the exact same way. You want to you know take advantage of the learning opportunities that came from Saturday and then move and transition into our. Uh, uh, opponent for the week because Mondays are always a day off in our program. You kind of don't want that to linger into Tuesday. You don't want to have the first thing that they hear about their next opponent being Tuesday morning. We would like to transition on Sunday night. So um, more of the same. I think, you know, certain guys handle things differently. Um, I did make a point in reference to one of the things I've never really done in my coaching career is uh, try to monitor or or, um, pass judgment on how someone handles a loss. You know, you have guys that, you know, you know, uh, don't say anything. There's guys that get very emotional. There's some guys that uh, throw their helmet. There's guys that, you know, um, uh, you know, get frustrated and, and become, you know, aggressive or they want to, you know, fight, you know, mentality. Um, everybody's just a little bit different. Everybody handles, in a sense, a grieving process differently, right? Um, uh, but I did tell our guys uh, the thing that I felt and the thing I felt coming out of that locker room and then on Sunday was, um, when you invest a lot and you believe in what you can do and you expect it to happen, when that doesn't happen, there's a tremendous amount of disappointment, probably tenfold of what you've been able to have in the past if maybe they didn't really all believe that it could happen. Um, it's sometimes you to expect or, or to take things uh, that you didn't think were going to happen. So when you expect the exact opposite, when you expect to win a game, um, have everything in line with what you thought it could become, when it doesn't happen, it's twice as painful. There you go. Some of Brett Bielma's thoughts. Uh, it's a good thing when the players are, are upset about it. If they were complacent about it, that'd be that'd be a bigger problem. And it really seven and two is nothing to be upset about. But you can understandably be upset and disappointed at a, at a loss in which the team just didn't play well. And if the maybe the upside is Illinois didn't play that well against Indiana, and they turned around and throttled Virginia. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe history repeats itself that way. This, it's not the end of the world whatsoever. And, and I think Michigan State showed a, a little more fight than they had shown weeks prior. They, they had a, a little added motivation created by themselves headed into the game. And, and maybe Illinois did kind of sit back and say, hey, we won six in a row. But uh, to, to react to the loss that way, and we'll see how the, the preparation goes this week and get guys healthy again. Um, 
that the the secondary was a little depleted by the end of it uh, on on Saturday. So get some guys healthy, get uh, refocused here on, on these last three games because yeah, it, it's still right in front of you. You win Saturday and, and you've set yourself in a pretty good spot as far as the the West goes. You still got a a cool chance to go into the big house and, and upset Michigan, and, and even that could set you back on a path to to play a New Year's Day kind of a, a bowl. So not, nothing's lost and uh, a lot of a lot of teachable correctable things from Saturday's game many have tried to beat Michigan this year and have felt like they were in the game until just their massive running attack just <laughs> annihilates you in the fourth quarter and that's what happened to Rutgers it'll be a very tall task there in Ann Arbor but basically Illinois if it wants to uh, dictate its own fate here uh, win two more period Win two more, and, and you're into the Big Ten title game. And not just two. There are two trophy games, and, and we know how much yeah. Brett Bielma carries about, cares about those. One of them is going to be one of those revenge games, the, this first one here against Purdue, where they lost last year in a game that they probably should have won. So all, all kinds of extra things here headed into the last few weeks. Yeah, that was the the infamous fourth down game. Mm-hmm. The punting on fourth down with the lead instead of going for it. This year, there's been a lot of going for it. <laughs> and that has uh, not... that Well, it didn't work out well uh, against Michigan State this past weekend. And largely the wind and a whole bunch of factors dictated going for it. I'm not... I'm not personally questioning those choices to go for it. It's just you need to have some more success. So mm-hmm. offensive coordinator Barry Lunny Jr. talked about what he saw on the game tape. I saw um, you, you know, a, guy, a team that played hard, offense that played hard, competed hard from start to finish, that um, just made too many, sta- too many mistakes to, to be able to win the game and do the job that we're supposed to do, score more points than the other team. We came up short of that just through execution, through not taking advantage of opportunities. And conversion downs, that was the big thing that stuck out, you know, to me was the third and fourth combined. We had been we had been fairly decent uh, up into that this point in the season and, and Saturday was we really um, really did not perform very well when it came to third and fourth down conversions. And on the defensive side of the ball, Ryan Walters, the coordinator for Illinois, it was one of their worst defensive performances of the year they still are tops in the nation in uh, scoring defense though shoot a lot of things you know we um you know obviously the the positives right i thought we we you couldn't have wrote a better script to start the game right you know one one play one interception um and then that second series you know three and out um but then after that it was you know there was it was just a situation where you know we we weren't as clean as we have been in the in the in the past we weren't able to um play as complimentary um football as we have been able to in in the in the last few games um and it was at every level you know it was a you know one play it was somebody up front one play was somebody at the second level um one play was somebody in the back end um and so you know for for us like we have to play clean we have to play consistent with um we're just doing our job and, and playing with fundamentals and technique. Um, I did think the guys, um, you know, they played played hard. I didn't think that that you know preparation wasn't was an issue. I didn't think that effort was an issue. Um, I just think that you know we at times were were trying to make plays instead of playing within the confines of of the scheme and and um, what our responsibilities were. Um, and so it's a it's a lesson to learn from. You know you. you you know, you you take solace in the fact that you know you, you lose a game like that, and you're still seven and two, and 
and ranked and, and still um, have everything in, in front of you in terms of your goals and um, aspirations as a team. So, you know, you learn from it, move on, and, and on to the next one. When he was saying complimentary football, I heard, I mean, you think defense complements offense complements special teams, but I think he was talking about within the levels of the defense. Mm-hmm. And it is a scheme that really relies on pressure on the quarterback and allowing the linebackers to be right there to blitz or drop back into coverage and tight man defense. And they're also down a couple of guys in the secondary. Mm-hmm. And they did a good job, that's Michigan State, uh, of exploiting that. Uh, saw saw little bits of it there uh, against Nebraska a couple weeks ago where they were taking advantage of those blitzes. And the same kind of thing happened this week. And, and that's what he like when you look at the numbers, right? Illinois outgained them. They were stopping them. I, I think third downs, they were less than 50%. So they, numbers wise, it looks like they were getting it done, but they were giving up those chunk plays, just some uh, uh, assignments getting beat. What was, I guess that, that third down pass ended up getting overturned. But yeah, they were they were going after the, the young cornerbacks that had to go in there and step in for, for some injured guys. So saw a little bit of the depth issues that Illinois has on, on both sides of the ball. But uh, yeah, I didn't think the defense all in all played completely terrible. Um, especially no, when you consider the, relatively, the field okay. positions that they were, were yeah. given to, to defend against. But, yeah, when you come in giving up less than 10 points a game, anything over that looks like you're, you, you've gone the other way. Uh, and look, even in the Big Ten West, you know, 15 points isn't going to cut it most of the time. Mm-mm. And and uh, still, even with 23 points, that, that that's in the ball game usually. You know your offense has to do more, and that it it wasn't a great day for the defense, but it was a worse day for the offense, and it was a horrible day for special teams. Yes, I think <laughs> that that would go on my scale from good, worse, or what is it better, or bad, and worse. <laughs> All right, coming up, we'll have a little bit more looking back on this weekend and looking ahead. And then Chris Thomas will join us on the line this week. He's on the road here, and uh, we'll talk to him about what was a frustratingly close loss over the weekend for Illinois volleyball. That's coming up. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. You've got the home of Illinois football. News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. One last football game at Memorial Stadium. It's this Saturday. One last chance to hang out with us at our tailgate. Yeah, hopefully a lot better conditions than what we had on Saturday. We can't control that, but if you want a chance to come hang out at a tailgate, eat, drink, and get ready for the game, we open it up at 8.30 in Grange Grove. If you want tickets, chance to win them at our website, wdws.com. Saturday night, I was flipping between uh, an entertaining LSU-Alabama game, <laughs> what I thought was might be entertaining Michigan and Rutgers. It turned out to be not at the end. <laughs> Typical. And then the World Series. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sticking to it. I know you're not as, you know, you don't have as quite as a favorable out, out, uh, outlook on Dusty Baker, but I was happy he got one. <laughs> 
I wanted Kyle Schwarber to get another one for the Phillies. I was kind of more rooting for people than teams in mm-hmm. this World Series. But at the end of the day, the better team won. Yeah, yeah. It worked out kind of how we thought it would. Gave us a, a little bit of drama. Had some historical moments along the way with the home runs from the Phillies and the no-hitter in there as well. And yeah, good good, good for Dusty. You know, we finally got that. It's checked off. It's no longer will Dusty finally get his World Series. He's got it now. So that's, that's that all. That toothpick's all. going to the Hall of Fame, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see the video? Apparently he wasn't even paying it. To, he wasn't even watching. He was putting it in a scorecard when the, the final play happened. <laughs> you just look down, Mark's K, everybody's going crazy, but uh, that's dusty for you, you know, been there, done that kind of kind of thing. Have and, those uh, black latex gloves been just since COVID? Yes. And he just doesn't get rid of them? No. He, he's he's upgraded from the, the batting gloves to the, the latex gloves, a little <laughs> more protective. I guess. Looks like he wants to go ride a motorcycle, <laughs> <laughs> but couldn't afford motorcycle gloves. <laughs> But anyway, and Houston knows how to get pumped up in that stadium. That's really loud. It's a nice environment mm-hmm. good, for a World Series. Good sports, good sports town. It just it felt a little buried in the rest of the football weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just that's the spot baseball's in right now with, with what football still is in this country. That's why you want to wrap up in October before we really start getting into the, the nitty-gritty of conference plays. You know, no more bye weeks, really, for, for many teams. Everybody's playing on Saturday. So, yeah, baseball gets buried when we start getting into the first week of November. Uh, I know you were um, uh, otherwise engaged on Saturday night, as we discussed on the post-game show, but did you catch Brian Kelly going for two to win it yeah. over Alabama? Uh, I was kind of keeping tabs when I would uh, go go you know refuel up at uh, the watering hole uh, <laughs> to to see what what the scores were. Gotta going stay up. hydrated Absolute, when you go to a wedding. Absolutely, I'm still feeling it. My, my I danced a little too hard on the table. You know how that goes. <laughs> but uh, we, I mean, we got we got half. I a- do not know how that goes. <laughs> just so you know, I'll show you a video. Don't worry. <laughs> But uh, we we got half of the chaos, you know, LSU over Alabama kind of knocks them out as far as college football playoff goes. Georgia over Tennessee leaves it open to to two SEC teams. Obviously, Illinois losing takes out that pipe dream of somehow sneaking their way into the the college football playoff. But uh, it was, yeah, it was exciting football, good shake up the standings a, a little bit and Brian Kelly after losing week one now is in a, a top 10 spot uh, for the college football playoff has a chance to play in the SEC championship game in his first season in Baton Rouge so the SEC stays top of mind but uh, the Big Ten still uh, I don't know has something to say about it they'll have number two and number three on the the rankings tomorrow I mean I Notre Dame's feeling a lot better after their weekend mm-hmm. um, and and the questions about is Clemson for real uh, in terms of the playoff and their number four ranking also uh, got answered a little bit but mm-hmm. Brian Kelly is in a position too where he could end up in the college football playoff and might be waving at Notre Dame going how you doing <laughs> <laughs> I told you I want to go win championships <laughs> yeah they've got they've got the talent and it seems like everything's kind of clicking here after that that first week so I don't know. There, it's still going to take some help for them to get there. They probably have to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game for it to happen. But I mean, crazier things have happened this season. TCU is also positioned right now. And by the way, they're playing Texas this weekend. And by the way, that's where game day is going. Yep, and the road road underdogs after they got the the big noon show on Saturday had to come back against Texas Tech. So. 
They're they're still out there. Are they for real? Are they a, a question mark kind of a team? And I don't know if beating Texas really solidifies anything as far as that goes because Texas kind of been up and down this year uh, as well. But they're a, a ranked team, so TCU. If they like the the conference diversity, they've got the the inside track for that fourth spot. Yeah, I think as long as they stay undefeated, they I could see the committee going that way. But I, it'll be really curious how everything will shake out versus what you know or think are the best teams versus the whole politics of the situation because mm-hmm. there's so many layers to it, more than a typical year. And everybody is is saying, well, this is all schemed this way or that way and the conference realignment <laughs> and all that. And, you know, the Pac-12 is not, I mean, you know, Pac-12 is not out of it in, in the picture of, of the whole thing, but it still does feel like, yeah, Ohio State is a top four team. Michigan has a claim to that that's uh, a valid claim. Georgia, obviously. And, I mean, shoot, Tennessee, I mean, they're they're still good. They're still good, and they lost to what is arguably the number one team. <laughs> so that's what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. when once this thing gets flipped around. I think it was sort of a placeholder to put Tennessee number one. Yeah, created a, another storyline, some drama headed into Saturday, and then you'll get some movement so that it's not the, the same from week one to week two, although I, I don't think that it would have stayed that way anyway. Um, had, had Tennessee won, Georgia probably would have fallen out. But yeah, I mean, it's all out in front of them. The Pac-12 does get left behind, but uh, after USC and UCLA play in, in a couple of weeks and other teams probably lose over the next couple weeks maybe one of them slips up there yeah but we are living in a world where it seems that both alabama and clemson will miss the playoff first time in a long time maybe first time ever yeah i can't remember i thought there was maybe one other instance maybe the first year second year something like that Mm -hmm. all right so that's some of what's going on. Uh, the Bears are very excited about Justin Fields. He set a record for running on the ground. I, my concern is this just never seems to pan out long-term with the running quarterback in the NFL. It it, it seems like they have brilliance, but at some point they're going to break down. And and But the, the Bears are scheming now in a much better way for him to have success, giving him the design runs, giving him rollouts, moving the pocket, all that stuff. And um, they had a chance to at least tie that game on the, in the last possession, and they didn't throw it to their best receiver, but they threw it to somebody, and he should have caught it. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, uh, reading and watching the Bears' postgame, all that it's like, did you did they did they win the game? No, they <laughs> lost the game. They lost the game to the Dolphins. But everybody is giddy about Justin Fields. It, this is a, a, a rebuild flat now, so wins don't really matter. And I, I looked it up. Uh, I, I didn't remember Justin Fields really being much of a running quarterback it, when he was in college. The most rushing yards he had in a season was like 400. Like this isn't what he does. He's just so good and so athletic, and the offensive line and the wide receivers are so bad that this puts the Bears in the best position to succeed. And what do you know? He beats a Michael Vick record. He's only two get two yards short of Colin Kaepernick's uh, pro, uh, playoff record uh, of 181. And 
Yeah, I yeah, I mean he's just that good. I mean, he's got a great arm, like you said. That that was a, a perfect pass that that St. Brown dropped because he he's got the the arm to to fit it in that tight window. So it, you you could see the the makings of where they're headed with this thing. Uh, I think Claypool was a, a good addition at the trade deadline to start moving towards those weapons. Probably going to have to drop draft somebody um, coming up with all the picks that they've got. Probably going to have to sign somebody, retool that whole offensive line, but you. If you think you've got a quarterback, that's like three quarters of the battle in the NFL, especially when you've got $120 million to, to play with in the offseason. By the way, would you still hitch your, uh, hitch your, put your saddle on the horse that is Aaron Rodgers? Oof. Yeah, they picked off twice by Kirby Joseph, who also left the game with a concussion. Mm. Um, we talked to Ryan Walters today about, about Kirby Joseph and, uh, he, he sh- if we have time, I'll, I'll pay the, play the clip, but probably later this week if we have time. But he he sh- he shared about it. he goes back to one of the moments was the Iowa game last year where he was watching the tape and he went, "This kid's going on play on Sundays." <laughs> and now we're living in another world too, where the Lions are better than the Packers. Yeah, that's true. And the Vikings are running away with the the division. Yeah, the the Vikings have done that before, and then just. Well, yeah, I mean they they are a com- they are a, a fraud kind of team. Kirk, I don't believe in Kirk Cousins, and, and they haven't really beaten anybody other than you know the the Packers once they went out and they beat the Commanders. They aren't beating high level NFL teams like the the Chiefs in overtime last night against the Titans. Nothing like that, but they are w- leading the division and setting themselves up uh, w- with how bad the rest of the North is. All right, when we come back, we'll talk with Chris Thomas, Illinois Volleyball Head Coach. But before we do that, I've been telling you about CU Under Construction, what they could do for your home. But maybe you're a business owner or somebody in charge of the space in your business. They also do commercial spaces. Check out what they uh, recently did for the Marines in their office here in uh, in Champaign. You can check out that new space right now at their Facebook page. It's on, or just head to see who under construction. They do roofs, they do basements, they do everything in between renovations, redos, additions, the whole kit and caboodle there with see you under construction. And uh, now they're even into solar roofs as well. If you're wanting to go that direction to maybe save a little bit on your utility bill and be a little greener as well. Whatever you're interested in, they can dream it up with you. See you under construction with a full team of professionals right there in the trades from CU Trades to help on every project. Check out my friends at CU Under Construction. Chris Thomas is next. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Join us tonight for the regular season starter for the Fighting Illini men's basketball team. They'll take on Eastern Illinois. Tonight at 8, Illini game day at 6 from State Farm Center. Yeah, we're just getting rolling here with a whole bunch of stuff. Welcome back, everybody, to Sports Talk. Hour number two is up at the Esquire in just a little bit, and then our game day coverage from the State Farm Center at 6. Right now, time for our weekly chat with Chris Thomas. He's the head volleyball coach for Illinois. Uh, Joins us on the line on the road today. And, Coach, um, boy, it's probably a too familiar theme for you this year. Very close, but came up short in a really well-fought battle yesterday with Minnesota. But the five-setter bit you again. What, What went well and what didn't? Yeah, you know, I, I continually uh, 
you know, it's, it's okay to be uh, upset and, uh, you know, proud of them at the same time. And, uh, it's just like you mentioned, it's just, we can't get over the hump in, in some of these sets. And, you know, ideally you don't want to get to five the first place, uh, but, uh, but there we were again and, you know, it came down to the wire and, uh, you know, just a few plays at the end, but it's never about a few plays. It's about, you know, there's a, a whole bunch more in between and, you know, we just, we just gotta continue to try to take care of the ones we, that we can and, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll turn, we'll turn a couple of big ones here down the stretch. Well, first of all, you said you continue to be proud and, and disappointed or frustrated at the same time. Are you saying it's possible to have two different emotions at the same time in sports? <laughs> I believe I believe it is. I believe you have to. Uh, <laughs> that know, seems like a reasonable, know, mature outlook. I don't know how far that's going to take. Yeah, you know, you you live in this. You know, this is our world, and and we spend you know darn near twelve hours a day thinking about it. You know, going over film, talking to players, whatever it may be, and you know, everyone's in and everyone's working hard. Um, there's there's nobody that's slacking. It's just it, it, like we said, just hasn't turned our way this season and uh you know it's an unfortunate trend but uh it's also sport as well so it's uh you know it's, like i said unfortunate but you know continue to plug away and, and i told the team yesterday you know we got to run the table puts our back against the wall but uh you know we got to run the table to have a shot at uh, making the tournament what does um a non-wednesday match or midweek match do for you this week as you get ready for two in the state of michigan on friday and saturday yeah, it's tremendous. You know, it's the first time in a month that we haven't had this uh, set up. And, uh, you know, when you're wearing the Wednesday, Saturday, or Thursday, Sunday, as we were last week, you know, it just gets tough to kind of complete your recovery, you know, setup cycle. And so, you know, if you play a big match, today's our off day. And, uh, you know, we'll get in the gym tomorrow. But if, you, if you're if you playing every third day, then it's, there's really no time to develop or not as much time to develop uh, some of the skill sets you want to develop. But, uh, you know, that's why you're seeing some of these matches that we're, we're falling short to. We're falling short to some experienced teams. And, uh, you know, that's just where it's, where it's getting us right now. So we get a few more days in the gym to, to develop a few more skill sets, work on a few more rotations or whatever we might be looking at. Uh, you know, we got Jess Nungy back. Uh, on Saturday, she, she said she was finally feeling, you know, good enough to give it a go. And, you know, we threw her into the first set in the spot sub. And then, you know, we just felt like in the second set it was time to make a change. And she had a, a great match and good to have her back as well. And she had a really good match uh, on top of that. Chris Thomas is with us here on Sports Talk. Yeah, that's who I, I wanted to ask you about and not just how she was feeling after the game yesterday, but I, I'm sure playing uh, mostly her first full game in a while has some effects today. Is she feeling good and you like where she's at to, to get her back into the lineup this weekend yeah, as well? Yeah, she's, feel, you know, she's feeling good. And, you know, I just told her after the game, you know, I know this wasn't the senior year you dreamed of, but, uh, you know, we're happy that she's with us and, um, she's a big emotional leader on the floor and, um, you know, she's always had been that for us. And so it was just good to have her back and have that energy on the floor. And, uh, we had a little sore today. And, and like you said, the, you know, the first time and, uh, you know, I guess since we started the big 10, so we're, well, we're seven weeks in, and and uh, so she hasn't she's been out for that long, and it's it's tough to just jump back in there. So a little short today, but she's feeling okay, and you know, hopefully, uh, be be good to go again this weekend. And with all these close losses, what's the mood in the locker room? I'm sure it's not where you want to be, but the fact that they're fighting and they're staying in all of these games against a very good schedule here in the Big Ten as well. What does that say about them? Yeah, you know, six of our last seven or six of our last eight were against the top 15 teams, and so it's no easy stretch by any means. Um, you know, the, the message remained the same. we got to keep improving, keep developing, and, 
you know, I said, it's okay to be upset about the loss. And, you know, we've had several of these, but, you know, I expect a good practice tomorrow. And I expect that, you know, we still have a shot at this. And, um, you know, I want to make a statement down the stretch and, you know, make the tournament committee decide whether we're tournament worthy or not. And, you know, if you ask me today, obviously I'm biased, but, you know, we've, we've went five uh, with top, you know, five top 25 teams and come close in several of them. And, you know, I, I think that's, that says something as well. So, uh, never out of it until they say no, and we'll keep fighting as, as till the last ball drops, whenever that may be. I think you may have answered that, but that, uh, you know, what do you want these last three, four weeks of the season to of the regular season that is to be about, and how how your team competes? Yeah, I, I think it remains the same. It's whether we're you know, com- let's say we're completely out of it. You know, let's go back a couple years ago when it was COVID season, and you know, we 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 played the same sort of schedule, top five teams uh, or top five teams in the conference our first five weeks, and uh, you know, we were zero and ten to start that COVID season. And I just said, hey, you know, you can be pissed off or whatever, but you know, I only know one way to do this, and that's to keep moving forward and keep getting better and keep competing and. Uh, you know, I just expect that from the team, and they've always done that. And so, again, I, I remain proud of them and, and what they do and how they operate, and, you know, we're going to keep fighting until, until they say we can't play anymore, and, and hopefully we get, a, we get a run in the postseason as well. Brooke Mosier has been a real Swiss Army knife for you. You brought her here as a setter. Uh, she had 21 kills uh, yesterday against a top-10 team. Um, what's the trajectory look like for her? Yeah, that's the second time she's done that this year against the top ten team. She her she had the same amount of kills against uh, Wisconsin several weeks ago, and uh, yeah, she it really is. I mean, she's a throwback player. Um, I've told people, I think I've told you guys too. It's she's probably the best volleyball talent that I've that I've coached just in terms of all around game uh, that I've seen in a long time. And so we're going to use her as we see fit. You know, in my mind, she still moves to the setting position next year once Diana graduates. But you know, it gives us a lot of interesting options where if we needed. You know, to to sub a, another setter in and and uh, side out in a certain rotation with her in the front row, we feel obviously we feel comfortable doing that. So, um, yeah, gives us a lot of options in the future, and uh, it's great to have her. And glad she's on our side. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of something akin to it, maybe a, a two way uh, player in baseball or pitcher hitter kind of thing. But um, can you train somebody um, to be elite in all the skills if it's setting and or hitting and setting, whichever one you would see as primary? Yeah, if, they, if you have enough time. But <laughs> it's, it's so uh, so specialized these days. I think it gets tough. Um, you know, and and. The trajectory for a lot of players, you know, gets put into them when they're, you know, eighth or ninth grade, and and you know they're middle, and then you know, middles maybe have the biggest opportunity to switch to a pin, uh, meaning opposite or outside. But setters, it's you know, it's really tough to to get one that swings and can get one that can swing at this level, and and uh, and Brooks doing that, and uh, you know she did it all her high school career, and she did it a little bit in club, and. You know, to play six rotation outside, opposite, whatever we need her to be. It's it's a special thing that you're able to do. All right, this weekend, Friday night and Saturday, uh, swing through the Mitten State with Michigan State and Michigan. Uh, what can you tell us about them? Yeah, Michigan State. Uh, you know, new coach, and, and they had a, pr- a program changeover, and uh, you know, she was just down the road here, at Illinois State, Leah Johnson, and she's doing a great job with them and uh you know we expect a good fight from them they've been competitive with teams throughout the the conference play even though the you know the record may not show it and i tell the team at this time of year it gets dangerous no matter who you're playing because you're playing against uh teams that's trying to fight for seeds you're playing against teams trying to fight for tournament bids and 
if they're already out of it, you're playing for, uh, against teams with nothing to lose. But obviously, everyone has Big Ten talent on their team, so uh, they're they're going to be competitive match. And then you know, Michigan's in the same boat as we are. We're we're looking for wins, and you know, that's that's going to you know probably you know i think michigan's a little bit safer than we are with the rpi but you know it's a big it's we're going to need to run the table like we mentioned and uh you know they got some experience and they got some nice players but uh it's no different from any other team that we that we face this year coach appreciate your time as always we'll look forward to catching you again next week yeah, absolutely hopefully we're talking about two and oh we're still alive in this thing yep for sure thank you very much Thanks, chris thank, thank you appreciate it Chris Thomas, head volleyball coach for Illinois, and he mentioned uh, Jess Nunji uh, back in it. You brought up brought that up, and he's saying just you know she's doing well, but just a little sore. And I feel like it's just what you are after your weekend uh, at, a, at a wedding. Yeah, I haven't broke out those dance moves in over a month, so you know. Exactly, and and he mentioned needing to run the table, and that's kind of what you did, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get ready to transition up to the Esquire. Uh, I, I do think I have time to squeeze in this interesting take about Illinois basketball Ooh. back after this. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hey, Illini family. It's Brad Underwood. We'll see you tonight at the State Farm Center and catch game day coverage starting two hours before tip-off right here on DWS. All right, before we head up the street to the Esquire, this was a panel of people for ESPN.com answering various predictions for the season. And one of the questions was, the first top 25 team to exit the NCAA tournament, Myron Metcalf says he thinks it's Illinois. No. He thinks uh, Brad Underwood always finds a way to regroup, but the loss of Kofi Coburn leaves one of the sport's greatest voids. I could see this team being very, fairly vulnerable once the NCAA tournament begins. Isn't I that get, kind of the opposite of what's been <laughs> Illinois' bugaboo the last two years is having to revolve and rely on Kofi Coburn? Yeah, and that's not... I mean, Kofi is when who he is, and he was a tremendous player, but just felt like... Uh, really? Like, have you... That's maybe been the reason, a reason they could not be adaptable to teams in the NCAA tournament enough because of the style they had to play. Mm -hmm. I've been submitting that I think Illinois is going further this year in the NCAA tournament, even with a much lower seed, if that's what happens. I agree. And it all begins tonight. Stay with us. Hour two coming up. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.